and jazz. And today we're joined by two individuals, Grace and Mr. Hopper, who've chosen to share their approach on balancing university and long distance relationships. Today we will be joined by a guest who we will be referring to as Mr. Hopper. This is due to his desire to remain anonymous during this discussion. Before we get started, we would just like to state that this episode contains subjects that may be sensitive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. We would also like to say that consent is vital and we promote safe sex in relationships. From long-lasting relationships to one-night stands, and regardless of the distance, relationships are a pretty hot topic. Sex, love, hookups, heartbreak, and relationships. University is filled with adventures of self-discovery and working your way through the inevitable trickiness that can be love. So grab a drink, because we'll be here for a while. But um, Grace and Mr. Hopper, welcome to the show. Hey. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, okay. So are you guys both able to describe your current relationship and how long you guys have been in it? All right. So I have been in this relationship for nearly two years. Um, I'm Australian and he is Canadian. And we met when I came out on an exchange, a 12-month exchange for university. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about the extent of, uh, of my relationship at the moment. <laughs> uh, well, so for me, I'm just over two years now. We, uh, met on, on social media, I guess on Instagram and it been, been two years, over two years now, long distance for probably the most part of it. Um, Mr. Hopper, having started your relationship before moving away, were you ever hesitant in its ability to transition into university? And if so, can you maybe describe that feeling to us? Uh, well, I kind of have a, I guess I could, I could say, I got a story kind of regarding that. Sure. So like, cause I knew, so I knew I was moving away before, prior to getting in a relationship. And before I even got in a relationship, I would sat down and I was like, look, I'm not going to be here in three months. Like, I'm going to be like another country. So like, and it was like, she said, yeah, yeah. And so that was that. And then, sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, question? no, all good. Just, were you ever hesitant to keep going with this relationship when you knew it might be harder? Yeah, there was, um, there's definitely times where I'm hesitant or like not so much anymore, but at the start and it got not so much, I don't think stale is the word, but almost, and I, I can't think of the, the best word, but almost like annoying at certain times because you like before you're hanging out with each other every day and now it's like you're in school and they're in school and it's like, you kind of need some space. So there's times where it's like, can you just like leave me alone for a bit and, I'd say I'd say that was more of a, a distance thing, just because the phones is that. Because I, I don't know if that is even making sense, but no, like there's times where yeah, it, it gets like annoying, and but it at the end of the day, it, it's worth it, and you gotta, and that's where oh, the open communication came in a lot. Is I was kind of like, look, like I need you gotta leave me alone here. I have school to do, and like this is driving me crazy. I can't talk to you all the time. 
Yeah. And I think just to um, come off that, I think being like not taking offense to things like that. Like, yes, it is a drawback to a long distance relationship to have the, I guess the, the, the open communication and whatnot, but being able to be like, Oh, okay. You need space. Like that's not a reflection on our relationship right now. That's just how you're feeling at the moment. And I need to respect that. I think, yeah, that's, it's huge. I think something that we see a lot in long distance, but also because of COVID and going the reality of like going to two different schools is even like trying to get to know someone over long distance is also something that I like personally, personally struggled with and it is hard. And I think like in your case, like you were lucky enough to have kind of let that relationship flourish before moving away, which is something that I don't think a lot of people could say, I guess, and be grateful for. No, I was just going to open and say, I think like in my head, I was like, if we're going to, if we're going to get in a relationship, like we need to start now, like you can't just drag us on. And then like a week before I go say, Oh, we're dating. And it's like, well, it's like, this is either an hour and everything. I would definitely agree with that. Like, Evan and I knew each other the whole year that I was there, but we, and like, we would hang out. We had a lot of mutual friends, whatever, but we didn't start dating until when I got back from the summer until the fall. Yeah. till like September, the September semester. Um, and then he was like, right, we're going to go for lunch. And, and it just, it was very quick, but because we'd spent all that time together already, like, yeah, it was, it was kind of like now or never similar to you. Yeah. And so to the both of you, I guess, how, what are things you did to make the relationship work? Like, did you phone call? Did you have dates planned out? What are things that made it easier? (laughs) Um, Well, so we would do date nights. We did movies. We cooked together. We made Christmas cookies at Christmas time. We would make the same meal and buy the same wine and then have, well, I would have lunch and Evan would have dinner at like, 11 p.m. um because the time difference was a bit crap um tv shows we would go we went on um like virtual holidays we didn't plan any of this stuff it would just kind of happen in conversation um and yeah so we like we've toured hawaii on on the computer together while we're on facetime and i don't know we've planned all these trips that i don't know if they'll ever happen but that's what we did in our time um yeah, but yeah, lots and lots of movies. Um, we made a few breakfasts, like pancakes and stuff together, and then would sit and eat and have mimosas and, and whatnot. But yeah, that's, that's the activities that, that we did. And and honestly, whenever we were kind of like, oh, this sucks, like this is so stale, we're so over it, we would just try and come up with a new situation, like a new thing to do. Like, well, what else can we do? Like, how can we make this better? It's been 14 months already. Like, what else should we do? <laughs> so yeah, that's what we did. Lots of phone calls. I'm jealous. That's so cute. I literally want to cry. We did 16 months apart and we've been together a month now. Like I got here in the middle of May and I would not wish my past 16 months on anybody. My worst enemy. I like, it was tough. It's a testament to our relationship. Sure. And yeah, it sounds all cutesy and whatever, but it's tough. It's it. it, Yeah. I don't think we've realized the extent of what we've actually done. Um, and it's not until we talk about it with other people that we kind of go like, Oh, like shit, we actually did that. Um, and especially not knowing when we were going to see each other again, 
Um, there were lots of tears. Like my mental health went to the shit up, excuse me, but it really, really did. Um, and like the version of grace that I knew when I was in Canada. And as I said, I was the best version of myself. And then when I went back home to Australia and realized that I wasn't going to be able to come back, like I missed my flight by three days. I was supposed to come back and I missed my flight by three days. So, um, and then realizing that I wasn't going to be able to see Evan for God knows how long. Yeah. I, I did not recognize myself. So as glamorized as it sounds, I would not wish this upon my worst enemy. Yeah. And I think that COVID has made it like so much worse on people's mental health, but add kind of that aspect to it. Like I wouldn't want to experience that because it was hard enough to worry about myself and take care of myself and having an external factor must've been pretty hard. Yeah. But we did it. So let's focus on that. (laughs) Yeah. Grace, what advice would you give to individuals and couples who are seeking out or are already in this kind of situation as in long distance? Don't give up. (laughs) Um, Even when there's no way out, don't give up. Uh, What other advice? I think, I think a lot of self-awareness and a lot of, um, trying to understand where you're both at in the relationship, what you both need and being accepting of whatever that person says as well. Um, when you talk about like open communication, like sure, that means talk about everything, but that really means like identify what you need changed in the relationship. And also if your partner is able to identify that, like reciprocate, like be able to change that for them or I don't know what it might be. Um, and other advice, I think a lot of positivity goes a long way. Um, a lot of reassurance. Like I know to start with, I needed a lot of reassurance. Like, are we doing the right thing? I'm, I'm in freaking Australia. Like why, why are we even trying this? COVID is a thing that's not going away. Like how is this ever going to end? There is no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but Evan was just Mr. Positive the whole time and, and, and really believed in us and would make, like would say those specific words, which, yeah, which made a huge difference. Um, so yeah, reassurance, positive affirmation, um, and yeah, being fully understanding of your partner and, and like, I, for a long time also didn't, um, recognize that it was hard for Evan to, like, it's not all about me. Um, so yeah, I think being aware of that is good advice. Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) It's advice. (laughs) how would you or how do you approach setting boundaries in your relationship i think for us well so so after that first year which is like pretty i wouldn't say toxic but just not good the uh the kind of like model i guess we went to was like if if i wouldn't be happy with you doing it like i shouldn't do it kind of thing and that's worked pretty well like obviously there's been a few gray areas where it's like oh I like, I thought you'd be fine with this and maybe not, but like, that's actually kind of shown like we trust each other a little more than we, we thought where it's like, Oh, I didn't like, no, you'd be like, you just went out to the bar. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't care. You can go to the bar. Like, so things like that. And I think like as simple and stupid as that is, I think that's been the best, uh, the best way we've we've found. That's awesome. That sounds really good. Yeah. I think that, 
sometimes that's where those problems spark from is like not understanding that it might actually have an impact on the other person and it might like come from a past past experience or it might come from like an own insecurity so i think that both of those ways are like good is like communicating it it's kind of a one thank you guys so much for having a conversation with us i know it was like a little bit more of a serious conversation but i do think we touched on some really important topics and i appreciate you guys being open and honest and sharing your experiences with us yeah no, thank you very sure. much thanks for having us yeah okay so we're gonna get right into it here and we're gonna talk about the difference between hookups and relationships i think it's definitely something that you kind of look at and in a way they're very different but also they can be really similar because especially if you like don't refine or define the relationship it can be really difficult to figure out what you're in and what situation you're getting yourself into even as someone who in high school was simply focused on i was dancing competitively literally 30 hours a week i was concerned with where I was going to go to school and I was also trying to like intermingle with friends and I had gotten out of a relationship so I was trying to kind of rebound from that and get myself out there and meet new people but in reality I went to university and it was a whole new world because everyone's talking about relationships and sex and I feel like there's such a big stigma around hookup culture and at a school that's like pretty small like MRU the shitty thing that I kind of came to realize was that it is so small that you're gonna know people that you don't want to know or you're gonna see people you don't want to see and I think that's where you have to be careful because it also kind of like stems your reputation oh I completely agree with that one I mean I would walk in the halls and I'm not going to lie. I would see someone I've hooked up with and I would be sprinting the other way because I wouldn't want to talk to them, but it's such a small school and you're going to run into that person. And, you know, at the end of the day, relationships and hookup culture is kind of something you need to go into with a bit of an open mind. Um, and if you don't and you go in with a closed mind, you're going to be, you're going to be hit by a truck and you're not going to know what's going on so you know going into hookup culture you need to have an open mind and it, it will be fun it can be fun as long as you make sure that you draw that line for yourself and at the end of the day i have some fantastic stories that i've stored in the back of my brain um that i bring out just to give some of my friends a laugh sometimes do you have any good hookup stories jasmine mm, oh i have an absolutely great story so it actually has been during covid this this um last summer so summer 2020 things were just getting better people were getting back outside so i came down to calgary to come visit our producer charlotte and i was staying with her and um this guy that i had been talking to for the past like year and a half still talk to him to this day but this guy that I had been kind of seeing on and off, like randomly here and there, happened to be in Calgary. So I told Charlotte I was gonna hang out with him this night, but I had already been drinking or whatever. Long story short, I paid $100 to Uber him to Calgary 
from one of the towns outside of the city and literally came. It was like an hour in and out. And then I drove him all the way back to this place at four in the morning. That's my funny story. And to this day, we still hit each other up when we need. And I think that's just one of those funny things that I, I get chirped about it all the time. But I think that I've just owned it and accepted the fact that it's a good party story. I love that you spent $100. Honestly, the commitment level there is impeccable. Sometimes yeah, you just I need to do it. Story. Exactly. Sometimes you just have to do it. It's That's okay. our new life motto. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you just have to go for it. And you know what? I can one time, you know, there's embarrassing stories. I totally get it. Because one time I went over to a guy's house after I'd been at the bar. And I'd been really wasted. And he ended up knowing someone I had graduated with over the past, you know, or not graduated with, but he had graduated a few years ahead of me. And I knew who this guy was. And I didn't know his friend, but he was like talking to me and we were having a good night and I was really drunk. So I went back home with him and I told he told me his name, but I had insisted that he looked like Brad. So the entire night I called him Brad, even though he he had told me his name. I called him Brad the entire night because I insisted that was his name. And then the next morning I woke up and I took an Uber home at like five in the morning went home that was like a 40 dollar uber um and i got home and then he texted me and he was like hey it's brad lol and i've never responded to him ever since um so at the end of the day sometimes you make decisions and they they uh leave an impression on someone for sure (laughs) oh my goodness well i think that another important thing to consider when talking about university and relationships is kind of how to balance and manage school, social lives and relationships, like all this stuff that goes into it, I think is so important because you can't make, I think I've learned this the hard way. You can't make relationships and hookups and significant others your top priority. You just can't you have to come first. And I think as someone who really floated in high school and I, like I said, it was just not really concerned with the deeper meaning behind some of the activities I was doing and the impacts they would have on my future. But I'm, I just think that as someone who really was always trying to people please and so on, that coming to university taught me that it's always you first. Like it is literally you living in your own world. Like no one else cares. No one knows who you are. Literally no one gives a shit what you do. So you just have to do what you want. And I like, I think it is hard to sometimes acknowledge that you have to balance certain things, but what would you have to say about that? I completely agree with you. I think something I definitely learned over first year and grade 12 even, and even last summer, you know, was that before I get into a relationship of any sort, even if it's with a friends with benefits or if it's, uh, you know, where I'm seeing someone or I actually, you know, have a partner, 
I need to love myself first. And that's something that's really hard to come to terms with is that I'm my number one priority and it is okay to be selfish. Sometimes it is okay to take the path that suits you. and may not suit other people best because what's important is loving yourself because how are you supposed to love someone else if you don't even know how to care for yourself? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's something you definitely see. Um, almost sparking a toxic relationship is when someone goes into a relationship unprepared and in a bad place mentally or physically or whatever. Like if you're not a hundred percent, I mean, whoever is a hundred percent, but maybe we'll give it like a, a 90%. If you're not 90% confident in the fact that you are you and you have your head on your shoulders right then it's like almost unfair to the other person in the relationship and also to yourself if you're going in knowing that you're not ready yeah and i completely agree friendships you know they're not the same as relationships in any sense but they are absolutely super important and you know i look at that and i look at last summer i was in a really really shitty relationship where i was I felt very trapped and I felt like I couldn't get out of it. And it was a situation where there'd be fight. There'd just be one blow up fight at least per week. And that is so bad. And all of my friends were kind of there to support me and be like, you know what, Emma, I really don't think you should be in this. But another thing to recognize is no one's going to be able to get yourself out of a relationship unless it's you. And so having those friends to support you there through that decision is really important, you know, and I lost a friend last summer because we were both in really shitty relationships and we took it out on each other and we've reconnected recently. And we were like, you know what? not saying all men, but all like men are shit sometimes. And sometimes they treated us like shit. And, you know, I, I know so many good guys and, but that doesn't mean that just because, you know, this guy is nice. You don't mean, you don't need to stay with him if he's treating you like shit, you know? And I, my mom was there through that entire relationship and she was so pained. I, to see me go through that too. And, you know, those things do affect other people because they care about you. And, you know, I've, I've recently gotten into a friends with benefits situation. And although that's not dating, my mom's been so much happier to see me do that because she's like, yeah, you look happier. It doesn't feel like you're kind of trapped and it, it's fine. It's fun for me. And as long as I set those boundaries for myself, it's okay. Just recently I had met someone and it was going well, long story short, it didn't go well. Um, ended on, on good terms, but it was definitely like painful just because I did have hopes that it would go somewhere. And I was kind of blindsided by some other shit going on. But now I don't know what, two weeks later, after having hung out with so many friends, having hung out with my family, having taken time to just hang out, go on a trip, like do little things for me. I realize that it is those little things that kind of bring you back to life and remind you like where your roots are and who you are. And now I'm in this kind of like fake boyfriend kind of situation and I'm absolutely just living my life. Like I don't give a shit what I literally do not give a crap. That's literally the only way I can describe it. And for me, that's kind of a big thing because I feel like I'm always concerned about something like I'm always on an itinerary. I'm always planning shit. I'm always, this is like the most spontaneous I've ever been in my whole life. And 
I am happy about it just because I'm like, well, YOLO, like, hate to say it, but. <laughs> it feels really relieving, doesn't it? Just to say fuck it and kind of leave all your own expectations behind. And I think that's a big thing is like, you know, sex. I think so many people are intimidated by the idea of sex or having a lot of sex partners or being with certain people. And I'm here to say that it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter how many people you sleep with. As long as you're being safe and everything's consensual, doesn't matter who you're seeing, you know, as long as you're happy and it's not hurting other people, do whatever you want. As long as you're being safe too. That's a big thing. Make sure that you go get regularly STI tested. Make sure you use condoms. You know, if you don't want to have a baby, be safe, you know? Um, <laughs> I think that one thing to make sure of and kind of take note of is to make sure that you're not using sex as a coping mechanism. I just thought of that. And I really do think that like, yeah, sure. Bang someone. If you're like both like bang and just to bang. And I'm, I respect it, but it's like, if you're going in and it's like, Oh, I need to have sex. Like I need to have sex to like get over this guy. Or like, I think that that's where it turns into like toxicity a little bit, actually more than a little bit, a lot, I think. Um, and honestly, everyone has different sex lives. Everyone has different relationships with people. And that's like where it, it has to be a judge free zone. Emma, have you ever heard of a roster swap? You know, Jasmine, it's recently come up in conversation between us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about a roster swap? <laughs> well, I'd love to know what the fuck it is. So maybe you guys can uh, hit us up if anyone knows the definition. But long story short, I was told by a little birdie that someone I was seeing was being a part of a roster swap. I'm like, either you're on a hockey team or you're in seventh grade. Like what, what could that possibly be? I'm so serious. It's like so frustrating to hear this. It's like, what do you mean? Like, are we just all going to like, like, I don't know. How do you even describe that? I, it, I'm literally speechless right now. I just can't do it. <laughs> So long story short, keep your shit to yourself and mind your own business and don't worry about anyone else's business. That's all I have to say. Um, because you don't know what defines someone's relationship. You don't know what it entails. You don't know why they're in it or how long. Like, I just don't know why people are concerned about other people's sex lives. I don't. I don't give a shit about yours, Emma. No, and I don't give a shit about yours. I always love hearing, you know, when you come back and there's always fun stories, but it doesn't matter past that. If someone's like, oh, how many bodies do you have? And you're trying to get into a relationship with them. I'd be like, fuck you. You don't need to know that. Like, you you can ask me, but if you you're going to fucking. It. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not hiding it. Exactly. You can know it. But if you start judging on me, that's an instant. I don't you know, that's an instant red flag for me. It is actually gross. Like, I feel like that's one of my, like, turnoffs is when people are like, how many bodies do you have? How many notches do you have, Emma? Like, bodies just sound so gross and disrespectful and just whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think, you know, as long as you are approaching it in a sense where you and your comfort, uh, your partner are comfortable in this relationship enough to talk about how many people you've had sex with especially if it's a uh, safety sex wise but if they're there to judge you that doesn't mean you need to put up with it 
That was Grace Smith and Mr. Hopper. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour. I'm Emma Boyne and my co-host is Jasmine Krawchuk. This episode was produced by Charlotte Holmes and our show theme is from DJ Dan and Dash. Join us soon for another episode of Happy Hour. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>